encounters with God. You know what else can change your life? Nothing. Without Him, you're just surviving. And it's His grace that lets us survive. Amen. So uh, I just thank the worship team for, all, for what you did, reminding us of the truth today. Uh, I'm glad you're here because we're all standing up and saying, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no other. And He's wonderful, you know. And so this is exciting. I believe today that when you leave here, you're going to be encouraged, that you're going to have encounters, you're going to be challenged, and God's good. So uh, just open your hearts this morning as Pastor Harvey's sharing. Uh, thank you for all you're doing during the week. Uh, you guys online, you guys are sh praying for people. Your small groups are meeting, some, and you're doing different things. And we're still, you know, the, the body of Christ, the church of God never closes, right, at any time. And uh, you guys are the body. You're the church. And uh, I just thank God that we're in a place where there's tens of thousands of people around us all worshiping the Lord this morning, singing the same things. Maybe not the same songs, maybe not as beautifully as we sing, but they're singing about the glory of God, right? So uh, this is a good day. Remember to continue this week. Uh, if, you, if there are snow days, you know what? That gives you more time to spend with the Lord and with your family and with your friends. It'll give you time to do things. Take advantage of it. Uh, you matter. And people are waiting for you to bring the presence of God with you into their lives. However you do it, virtually, in person, uh, it doesn't matter. God's good, right? So uh, we give online around here now, and we have a box in the back. If you want to give physically, you can put your offering in that box. Uh, you can go to gfcabot.com, and there's a place to give on there with Secure Give. But uh, we're, we're going. We're open. I'm glad that uh, we're going to start doing children's ministry uh, on Sunday mornings again here in a few weeks, and we're excited about it. It's like we don't have a lot of kids, but the kids we have are worth it, right? And uh, we're going to do it. We're going to just bring them places where they can encounter God, and uh, it's real exciting. So let's welcome Pastor Harvey Boyd. Amen. Good morning. So, uh, you know, I came in early this morning and come up to told the worship team since I was speaking that I want them to be really anointed so that no matter what I said when I come up here, y'all would receive it good. So let me ask you a question, and I want answers back. How many of you want to see God's kingdom spread through the world? Well, let me ask you, who's going to spread it? You are. That's right. That's what we're going to talk about today. Look at this. God, this is what I'm going to talk about. God is looking for people, ordinary people like us, to do super ordinary things for Him. And that's for every believer. That's what I'm going to talk about. You know, we're continuing our message in the, our uh, mission statement. You can see it up here. We create opportunities for people to encounter God and experience unconditional love, releasing them to live joyful, purposeful life. Man, I can't get it out of my mouth. What I got to say, so we're, that's what I want to talk about. And, you know, one Sunday morning, just like the Sunday, they're getting ready for church. And all the ducks walked out of their pens. They walked out of their pens, they waddled down the street, from everywhere, they were excited to hear what the duck preacher had to say. They get into church, and it's full. They were all quacking. They had worship, and they quacked all during worship. 
And, and then the pastor got up. And he says, what I want to tell you this morning is for everyone in this room. God gave every one of you wings to fly. You can fly anywhere. You can fly into the heavens. You're to fly to duck pen after duck pen to lead people to the Lord. Man, they quacked and quacked and got excited. And then the pastor said, okay, go out and change the world for, for all the ducks in the world. And Man, they, they walked out quacking and waddled back home. You see, that story, what did he tell them? That every one of them had wings to fly. They're to fly into the heavens. They're to fly everywhere and spread the word of God. What about you and me? That's what I want to talk about this morning. Have we ever had encounters with God? We got excited and then went back home and nothing changed. You know, that happens so often that we have an exciting encounter and God doesn't change us. You know, I, a few weeks ago I, I spoke and I, I talked about I was raised in church and I had small encounters with God, but I had one big encounter where I saw a woman's twisted body twist up before my eyes. And man, something happened in me. I cried out to God for days, weeks, months, because I wouldn't stop crying out to him, seeking him to, to I receive what, what he had to give me. And that's the way we have to do it, y'all. We have to seek it. We have an encounter, and then we run after it and don't let it go. You know, I, I love to, I told you some stories about encounters with God in the Bible, Moses, Jacob, a few weeks ago. But what about the people today? In today's world, look at this first one up here. Y'all recognize her? Joan of Arc, a little uneducated peasant girl, poor girl, had a vision from God. And God told her what, who she was going to be. And this poor peasant girl became a mighty counselor to the king, a mighty warrior, a mighty leader, and a martyr for God in France during her time on earth. A little peasant girl because she had an encounter with God. This next man, Dwight L. Moody, he was a very low-educated, unsuccessful shoe salesman. His life wasn't very good. He went to a prayer meeting in a hayfield, had an encounter with God, became one of the biggest evangelists in the history of America and England, leading tens of thousands of people to the Lord. What about this next one? Y'all recognize her? Catherine Kuhlman. A woman, many years ago, back when women didn't really speak much, she was a red-haired, freckled-faced country girl. She had an encounter with God where the love of God overflowed in her life. And she became evangelist that did mighty signs and wonders, and you've all heard about her led thousands of people to the Lord. Then this last one, y'all recognize him, Billy Graham. You know, Billy Graham was a small preacher. Seventy years ago, maybe it's 80 now, 
He was in a hotel room in Los Angeles, California and had an encounter with God that changed everything in his life. You know his story. He may, maybe he's led more people to the Lord than anybody. Folks, those are people that had encounters with God that changed everything in their life and didn't just change their life. Look at all the people they touched. Everywhere where they went, they led people to the Lord. Now, I know that every one of you in here has had an encounter sometime in your life. Hopefully, you've had a lot of them. But your first encounter might have been when you received Jesus. When you received Jesus, you had an encounter with God where you felt different. You begin to feel his love. You begin to feel an excitement. And you wanted to know him more. I hope that wasn't, hadn't been your only encounter. You see, my heart's desire is for every one of us to inhabit encounter after encounter after encounter. That should be our daily lives. For that to happen, we have to seek it and encounter it, encounter it. And we want to know him more. We want to know him more as we have these encounters. And it will, you cannot have encounters without something changing in your life. Read the book of Acts. Remember in the book of Acts, when all the disciples had that encounter, it changed their lives. It changed everything. But you know, an encounter with God is not just about me. It's not just about you. It's not about having goosebumps. You know, tingling. We like to have those things, don't we? About weeping and crying up front, dancing. Those are good. But what an encounter God should be is that we're filled with love. God's love so much that we touch others. Remember Peter and the disciples when they went in the upper room after Jesus? Remember Jesus told them to go into the upper room? and spend time seeking the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm not sure they knew what he was talking about, but something was going to happen. And look what happened in Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Can you imagine that? In an upper room, praying, seeking God, and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Now that wasn't, was that just one good time experience for these people? What happened when they walked out of that room? They were different men and women, weren't they? They were filled with power of God and they wanted to share that power with everyone. As a result, the disciples became bold. After Peter once denied knowing Jesus, he became filled with boldness. Look at Acts 2, 14 through 17. Then Peter stood up with eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. 
Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. That's what Peter said. Remember Peter? He had just denied Jesus three times, didn't he? He was scared, ran and hid. But when the Holy Spirit came, he spoke with boldness, knowing what had happened to them, and they wanted to share it. That's the same with you and me. When we have that encounter with God, and God blesses us, it's our job to share that with others. We're not going to change the world if we just say, man, that was a good time with God. What he wants us to do is encounter him, and then what we experience, we tell others about it. Tell others about it everywhere you go, and you can't stay the same. If you have true encounters with God, something changes. Let me tell you, if you knew me years ago, I, 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 like I told you, I was raised in church, went to church every day the doors were open. But I still had a lot of different things wrong with me, inside of me. I taught Bible studies. I was a leader. But I still didn't, I had that doubt in my life until I had that encounter with God and I met the true and living God in a way that he changed everything. He wants to do the same thing to you. Folks, an encounter with God will change everything. You know, there might be people that we witness to and it, you can't imagine it changes their life and then they change other people. Years ago, there was a, a motorcycle gang member, tough-looking guy, long beard, long hair, bandana, tat had a leather jacket on with sleeveless, with, with tattoos, rough-looking guy, sitting outside of a bar one day, one night, and just probably drinking a beer, smoke, I don't know what he was doing. And this man walked up to him and said, can I share something with you? Well, the motorcycle guy says, I guess what? And he started telling me about Jesus. Well, you can imagine what the motorcycle guy, that's a bunch of junk. That's a bunch of junk. You're crazy. But the man wouldn't quit. He keeps sharing. He kept talking to him, to him. And the biker was getting tired of it. And finally, the man realized that he wasn't listening. And he says, can I say a prayer for you? And the biker thought, man, if he prays for me, then he'll leave me alone. So uh, he started saying a prayer in a few minutes. And he started praying, God, touch him with your, open up his heart to you. Let him feel your presence. A tear run down this big biker's eyes. Then another tear. Then the man reached up and touched his forehead. And tears flooded. And the biker looked up and said, what just happened? Something happened, and the man began to explain it's the presence of God, and the, the biker started listening to him because something happened inside. You see, he, he had an encounter with God. He was touched by God, just a simple prayer, touching him, and you never know. You might meet someone that's all they need. 
But this biker received Jesus. Went home crying. Didn't know what to do. It was a Saturday night. The next morning he gets up and says, what am I supposed to do? I'm not going to the bars. And he says, I, I need to go to a church. So he drove on his bike and found a church. He walks in late. It was packed. And here he comes walking in with the long beard, the bandana, long hair, and tattoos. He had to come up to the front and sit. You can imagine when the people was looking at this guy, rough-looking guy, sit down, and then the, they had worship, and the, then the pastor got up and started giving, giving uh, announcements, and he says, we need one worker to go in the nursery. Would anyone volunteer just stand up and go back? Nobody. And then the pastor said again, please, we need one person to help in the nursery. Would someone volunteer? Nobody. And the biker said, if he says it a third time, God, that means you want me to go. So the pastor said it again. Is there anyone willing to go? The biker raised his hand, stood up, and walked to the back. Fifty people got up and followed him. You see, folks, when you think about who can God use, would you think about a rough-looking biker with tattoos, long beard, had been in a gang member for a long time that God could use him? What, are, what about a preacher in a white suit on TV, jumping up and hollering, preaching on TV? You think God could use him? Folks, God can use anyone. Anyone. All you have to do is to be willing. You know, there's maybe bikers or people just like that man sitting somewhere that God meant for us to say something to them. We can say it in a simple word. Whatever it is, but we never know how much it might affect their lives. Peter, Peter preached the, the same man that ran, ran when Jesus was crucified, preached a powerful sermon. He preached with authority because he wanted people to know what he had just seen. You see, he had experienced a tremendous outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and he wanted people. Guess what? 3,000 people were saved from the same man that had hidden not long before. And their lives were changed because he, he was so excited to share with those people what he had seen happen. Now, you and me, we, we might have an encounter. We probably won't see 3,000 people at one time. But what about your friends what about your neighbors that need a touch from God what about your family members people at work there's people everywhere we go that needs an encounter with God and how many of them are waiting for you and me to bring that encounter that's what God has you know you, you never realize how much a a small group of people can make encounters and change people. Show those slides, Daniel. Just leave it, leave it there. About 11 years ago, there was, well, 
17 years ago, there was two missionaries, a husband and wife that was led to the Mayan Indians in Guatemala. God told them to go preach the gospel in Guatemala. And I know there's quite a few of you that's been, been there with me. And, but all they did was preach the gospel. They'd go to the village and preach the gospel. Well, those Indians had their own guards, gods. They had their own idols they worshipped. They didn't want to hear just a gospel message. And often they run them out of the villages with clubs. And after seven years, the missionaries were getting discouraged. And they heard about us and they called and wanted to know if we'd come and help and bring the power of God where they could encounter God. Twelve people. I really didn't want to go because I went to Europe a lot and I didn't have time. But he talked me into it. And 12 of us go. And some of you in this room would, would, might have been on that trip. And we went down there. And we told him not to advertise, just advertise signs and wonders and miracles. You see, they believe in the supernatural because they, witch, they worship witchcraft. They, they believe in it. And he told us that if he, we could have a, we had five meetings, five nights of meetings, if we could have a hundred people come, each night would be a great meeting. And if we could have maybe 30, 40 people saved during the week, would be an awesome week. First night, you see what the crowds were when we came. You can look at the other ones too. These are crowds of what our meetings look like. First night, 200 people. Probably 100 miracles. Probably 50 salvations the first night. Next night, 300 people came. The same thing. I tell you, when you speak to those people that God, and they encounter God, it changes everything. It's unbelievable. Then we had, we've had meetings of seven, 800, 1,000 people. A small ch church here, 10, 12 of us go, we bring the presence of God. And it changes everything. It changes everything. Folks, you can make such a difference in the world for God. But it's not about just crying and having goosebumps. I love to have those things. And I want to still have them. But it's about going and doing something about it. I can tell you stories in America, in Europe. A couple of us went to West Texas about, they asked us to come about eight or nine years ago church of 40 people we trained the leaders and talked to them leaders and then had three meetings and it wasn't long till they had 300 people in their church there's one in europe that's even bigger because the people started teaching people showing people how to encounter god that's what we're here for folks that's what we're here for You know, I asked you a question while I go, do you want to change the world for God? I'm sure all of you want to. But we have to start encountering God and living that extraordinary life. I know all of you love Jesus. If you love Jesus, if you know Jesus, you have all the power and authority and resources in you right now to go out and change the world, to bring encounters to people. But we can't just sit in church. We have to go do it everywhere we go. That's what our mission should be.
You see, God's desire is for you to live an extraordinary life. I will tell you, if someone had told me 25 years ago what I'd be doing, I'd say they're nuts. You know, for me to be standing up in front of these big crowds speaking and taking people with me and seeing all these people. I mean, you know, I worked in a, in a large church. and We had 100 people every Tuesday night, and I was one of the leaders that led them, going out knocking on doors, witnessing which is pretty amazing for a church to have 100 people every Tuesday night. And we led a lot of people to the Lord, but we did it by our words, not by encounters, not by... And we see more people in one meeting in a week saved and touched by God because we go, we encounter God and bring that encounter to them. Folks, we can make such a difference in the world. And when you encounter with God, you, like I told you my story, you have to seek it, want it. I'll tell you some things that happened in my life. I had to have a bigger vision. You see, most of my Christian life, I had a very small vision. I thought, man, I could only do a little bit. I could only do, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a big evangelist. I don't have that much to give. That's what I thought. And I served a lot of people. My prayers were not very powerful. I prayed small, simple prayers. But I learned God is a much bigger God. Nothing's impossible for him. You need to begin believing that. Nothing's impossible for you. Folks, go to Guatemala with us. If you want to see God use you in mighty ways to see a lot of salvations, a lot of healing, but the same thing can happen here. We just have to be willing to take a step. You know, another thing you have to... I had to see who I truly was. If you looked in a mirror at yourself, what would you see? You know, I used to see, man, I'm just an ordinary person. Didn't have a much to give. That's the way I saw myself. But what does God say when he looks at you? What does God say? You need to begin seeing yourself through his eyes. A mighty warrior. His child co-heirs with Christ. Think about that. You are co-heirs with Christ. Everything Jesus did, you can do. It's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to wake up. Forget about your past. That's one thing. You know, I, I used to think about all the failures I had in my life. All the bad things in my life. All, maybe the bad things that I thought, thought about. I said, man, I couldn't, nobody will ever forgive me for that. When Jesus went to the grave, he left them there. He took all of that junk with him and came out. We should quit picking it back up. It's time to look for the future. Because God has a great future for every one of you in this room. Folks, can you imagine if we truly begin living our lives extraordinary like God meant for us to do, we could change this town, this small group here. We could make a big difference. Why don't we start? Why don't we start? 
and then prepare for the harvest. Prepare, how do you prepare for the harvest? The first thing, when you plant, what do you have to do? Plow the ground. I'll share, uh, there, there's a, a woman in one of the stores that I've been preparing the harvest and her for about a month. I first plowed the ground with her, just started slowly. She didn't want to hear what I had to say. But slowly, day after day, I would say something about her. And then all at once, she started asking me questions. I planted seeds. That's what you have to do, just plant a seed here, plant a seed there with them. And then you begin to grow the seed, water it. Watered in that person's life until they're fully blown, grown, and they'll receive Jesus. She hasn't done it yet, but she's getting close. That's been a slow process. I can tell you story after story, which I've done with that, and that's something that every one of you can slowly do. Some of them it's faster than others, but it doesn't matter how long it takes. As long as you keep planting seeds and watering, it's going to change a person's life. And then live the life that God has for you. You guys ought to be seeking God. God, what was your path for me? You might be shocked. Look at Jonah Ark, a little poor peasant girl. What he told her she was going to be. Now, we won't all be like that. But God changed her life and she said yes, didn't she? Man, you can't believe what God has for you. Begin seeking it. I mean, even if it's little things for him, you can make a big difference. You see, there's people everywhere you go that's waiting for a touch from God. And you might be the one that's going to bring it. And you never know. A few years ago, we had a, uh, a woman in our church. We were still up on the hill. It's been more than a few years ago. And she told me about her brother. He had AIDS. She hadn't seen him in two years. He wouldn't, he wouldn't call her, wouldn't talk to her, and she wondered or worried about him. And so we prayed for him. And then one day she called me. One afternoon she said, you won't believe it, my brother came to see me. He's got two weeks to live. Could you come and see him? I want a chance for him to learn about God. So me and another guy from our church went there. They, they lived in Jacksonville. We sit on, she brought him out on the porch instead of the house. and We sit on the porch. And the guy with me started preaching the gospel to him. And he didn't want to hear that. Just like the biker. He didn't want to hear that junk. And after a few minutes, I noticed that he was... I was afraid he's going to get up and walk in the house. And so I, I stopped him and I said, could I say a prayer for you? And he said, yeah, but don't do that. Laying hands on, don't touch me. So I began to pray. And I prayed probably like the guy did with the biker. God, open his heart up to your presence. I don't remember. And then I prayed to break the power of AIDS off of him. He started crying. He grabbed my hand. Then all at once he jumped up and ran in the house. The sister was shocked. She apologized to us for him to being so rude and said, and so we left. Told her we'd keep praying for her. Next morning, she called me. I could tell she was excited. She said, that two hours after you guys left, 
He, now, it was impossible for him to eat. He hadn't eaten in two weeks because the AIDS had just eaten everything up. He came down two hours after we left, said, I'm starving to death. And she said, you're not supposed to eat. I'm hungry. So she fed him. And then the next morning, that morning, he says, I want to talk to Harvey. And she called me, and I went and met him. And he, he wouldn't. He came out on the porch with just me and him, and he said, what happened to me? And I talked to him about God. And he still doubted it, but he listened. I went down there every morning. The third morning, he was crying, and he said, I want, I want to know Jesus. He received Jesus. Now, get this. Two mornings, I, I went the next morning to just keep sharing with him because he was supposed to leave, but he, could, he wouldn't leave. And about the fifth morning... I came and he said, I've got something to tell you that I've never told anybody. I'm wanted by the police because years ago I abused a small girl. And I've been hiding. That's why I hadn't talked to my sister. I've been hiding out until I was dying. I knew it wouldn't make any difference. And he said this morning, he said, I was praying and God told me to turn myself in. Now, folks, here's a guy that just before was dying of AIDS, had encounter with God, he was willing to go to the police and turn himself in. And he called the police, and he went to jail in Pulaski County. And about two days later, he called me. He couldn't, he couldn't, they had him in solitary confinement, and he called me, and he said, Harvey, they're getting ready to transfer me back to, I, can't, I don't know what state it was, uh, to be sentenced and go to trial. And he says, I want to tell you one thing. They run a test. My age is gone. I'm healed. And he says, I have been telling everybody I can my story. And he says, I'm going to that prison and share what Jesus did in my life. Now, just think about that. Here's a guy dying of age, running from the police has an encounter with God. It changed everything. You can imagine what his sister was like. Of course, she wasn't too happy about him going to jail, but she was happy in a way because he himself volunteered to go. Remember Goliath? When Goliath was taunting the Israelites' army, they were all scared. Who walked up? A little shepherd boy. Killed Goliath for God. What about Nehemiah? He was living in Persia in complete obscurity, serving as a cupbearer. What did God say? I want you to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. Mary, teenage girl, wasn't she? God called her to be the mother of Jesus. And Simon Peter, if he hadn't encountered God, he would still be died a fisherman. Folks, those people I just said, God called them. What did they say? Yes. That's the key. When God calls, say yes. You remember my story when God told me that he wanted me to bring faith to the body of Christ for healing. I I wrestled with that for two months. I couldn't see myself doing that. But I said yes. 
And it changed everything in my life. Folks, if you will say yes to God, when he asks you to do something, when you see somebody on the street corner and you're prompted, good things are going to happen. You can live a life like you've never dreamed about. Every one of you in this room. And that's what God has for us. We're his children. We're co-heirs with Christ. We should all be living an extraordinary life. Now, all of our lives will be different, but we can still do great things. But what do we have to say? Yes. Never say no when God calls. Yes. When, when you say yes, no matter what he called you to do, he's going to give you everything you need to do that, that. So all of you stand up. Let me pray for a minute. Father, I just thank you this morning. I thank you for everyone here, Lord God. I thank you for who they are. But Father, I thank you for who they're about to be. Father, put in their hearts that it's always yes. It's never no. Now I want you to close your eyes. I want you to think about someone that you know that needs an encounter with God. There's someone that you know somewhere, maybe more than one, that needs a touch from God. God, whoever that is, give them the boldness to do what they need to do. Everyone in this room, they touches all these people that come to mind. In some way, they plant a seed. They plow, they plant a seed, they water it until these people had that tremendous encounter with you. Father, use these people in a mighty way. Father, we all want to see your kingdom come. We're going to be the ones that help bring it, Lord God. We're going to shake this place up for you, Lord God. Just like these evangelists were poor, uneducated people. One of them was a, not a very good shoe salesman, but they did mighty things for you when they say yes. Father, we're going to say yes and do great things for you. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, guys, for being here. Let me ask a question before you leave. How many of you need a healing touch from God? Raise your hand. Not many sick people here. That's great. So just receive. Father, we just ask you to reach down and touch them. Touch each one of them that needs a healing touch from you. Take away the aches and pains, Father, and let them walk in divine health. And Father, I thank you for everyone here that we're going to go out and touch people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for being here. <laughs>